Today on The Breakdown, Sam Greenwood, Mustafa Kanit, third guy who you've never heard of or seen before. Some sort of old dude. <laughs> it's a three-way. We're doing a three-way on the show. And we are an EPT main event. It's uh, Monte Carlo, the, the site of many historic tournaments and plays. Who will ever forget all the incredible things that went down? Most in Sharanya, that time, winning. Who will ever forget it? Anyway, uh, there's going to be surprises. <laughs> You're not going to believe the things that happened. And what I'll say is this. Mustafa Kanit, he's got more than just a beard working. He's got a bluff working. <laughs> he's going to try and get one through, get one past these guys. And Mustafa knows you can't, it doesn't just take one barrel to do it. Not on the EPT. Not against Sam Greenwood, an old guy. It's going to take a little bit more than that. Does Mustafa have enough powder in the keg to make it happen? Also, some strange stuff goes on besides that. In this hand on the breakdown, Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. First time, no uh, I'm sure in the past you've said to me, it's good to under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah, absolutely. So not much of a practicer of what you preach. <laughs> oh, no. Why would you say that? I mean, you basically said this was like the greatest hand of all time. I said there were twists and turns. Yeah, there was more than that. You were, you were hype. You were I a hype man. I didn't say the greatest. You, you're just, basically, you just over-promised. You're basically like a Red Bull girl on a college campus selling Red Bull <laughs> to people and telling them how it's going to change their lives. Like, that's you. I mean... It's a job, right? Yeah. That's what, isn't that what all advertising is anyway? Why did you make it about a Red Bull girl? You are despicable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am despicable, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I overplayed it slightly, I'll admit. But it's an interesting hand that has it some is. interesting spots in it. Um, what is it, like 2018? Sam Greenwood and Mustafa Kanet? Who talks about it's these? It's not. It's 2022, bro. Well, that's weird because I thought those guys must have just like decided to quit playing poker in 2018. Nope. Nope. They're still here, they're, I guess. They're back. Maybe they took some time off with, yeah. uh, you know, the hurricane. The and hurricane, yeah. There may have been a hurricane. There are hurricanes. There was definitely hurricanes. There were fires. Yeah, the, the fire. Maybe because of the fire. <laughs> <laughs> one of the fires could have gotten them. Probably a specific fire, not just one of the rando fires. You know, probably it was a fire, you know? Sure. Like fire in the hole. You get fire in your hole, it hurts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm so sorry, everyone. We're off to a really good start. So, so sorry. We're off to a really good start. We are scraping the bottom. There's nothing left. I'm going to hollowed out husk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can still, what you can do when you get your hollowed out husk is you can, you can put some water in there and let it sit in there for a while. Yeah. And then, like, try to distill that water and get whatever resin comes out of that. And you get, like, the, the essence of whatever nutrition was in the husk wow. before it was empty. Really? And then you, then, you, what? then you use that, you make oatmeal, and you feed a whole village. The nutrition? Nutrition before, from the husk. From the husk before it was empty? How would that happen? How does that... Like if there's, if, there's, if there's like some nutritious material in the husk? Yeah, you get whatever's left. Yeah, yeah, you, you try the to... The dregs? You're like basically yeah, yeah, trolling the dregs? Yeah, yeah. You distill it down, and then you reinfuse that into some sort of mass-producible food item, and you know you're good. You're I feel good. like... That's what I do on the show anyway. That is what you do on the show. <laughs> it's a husk reproduction situation. I was going for trolling the dregs, but yes, 
That too. Trolling the dregs is definitely part of what we do. Yeah. But that's not what you do in Monte Carlo, man. That's where you freaking buy a Lamborghini and then you're embarrassed that you didn't buy a more expensive car. Yeah, it's uh, it's like I could have had. You can't a, get a date if you have a Lamborghini. Like I, the Bugatti dealership's over there, and I didn't go because I'm just a Lamborghini guy. I'm only going to pay 350k for a car today. I mean, it's okay, you know. Some people have to think about you know economics, right? You got to, you know. You probably fly coach, too. It's okay. It is. Lamborghini guy. I mean, you, you do like to talk about this, and you always have your one anecdote about neighbors wanting to make more money than oh, yeah. than their neighbors versus making more money overall. Mm-hmm. But, like, it must be strange in Monte Carlo if you actually live there. You know, like, yeah, I'm just a Lamborghini guy. Like, I'm, I'm just Lamborghini rich, you know? I'm not... I mean, it's... I don't have a custom-made car that was made by Enzo Ferrari I mean, I himself. think that's true in anywhere where there's, like, a, a bunch of rich people all living in this, like on the same street, you know? It's keeping up with the Joneses, right? It's a, I'm sure that's true as a rich person, period. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if you, don't, you may not know about their finances, but they have the nicer car, and it burns you just a little but bit. Because you I, bought the car for status. Probably a, a large swath of, of the ultra-rich are like that, but I'm, I'm sure there are some that aren't, right? And that would be ideal if, I mean, if you were to achieve ultra-richness. Very few are not like that, right? Have you seen the size of those yachts? They are, they are, out, they I mean, are that's, outrageous! That's obviously not a good argument. <laughs> just, that's just the yachts that you see. You don't see the yachts of people who don't buy the yachts. That's true. Yeah. What else don't I see about the things that people that do don't not, buy? Do you not take my point? No, do I do. Not, I totally yeah. take your point. It's a, it's a, it's a um, selection Bias. Yeah, that's right. Of course, that's true. A confirmation bias, one might even argue. Um, having said that, I would argue that not all, but most very wealthy people are pretty competitive. That's one of the things that got them to be very wealthy. Yeah. And so then it's hard to turn that off. And I don't know if they know how to turn it off or when to turn it off. You know, like they may say, like, eventually down the road, I'll turn it off, but I only have $100 million. You know? And I've heard actually billionaires talk about this of like where they say, 20 million and I'm out because they hate their job so much. And they get to 20 and it becomes 50 and then 50 becomes 100 million and then 100 becomes 500 million and then 500 million becomes a billion. And this is really because it all doesn't feel like enough, you know? Right. And then you, every, every further step you take, you see what you could have and what you're restricted from having if you don't continue. Right. And you're almost never the biggest cat on the lock. Right. Right. Biggest, it's, hard, it's hard to be the biggest cat on the log. Right. It's, a place where cats famously hang out, the and, log. And even when you are, someone's coming for you. So, like, you know, try and put as much to, if you decide to care about these things. But if you don't care about the scoreboard, you probably weren't. It's hard to be very rich in the first place. It's not impossible, but it's much harder. Maybe the guy who did Minecraft, I think that guy's rich and wasn't really trying that hard. But everyone else really yeah. took a swing at it, you know? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, maybe like Beeple. Maybe Beeple's all right. Maybe. You know? Maybe. I don't know. Once you start moving in that direction, though, it, uh, it, it may be hard unless you really were never trying to get yeah. rich at all. Right. Maybe Beeple. I, I hope that's not true. Just for like, you know, the, the American dream little piece of me that's like, if I were to become ultra rich, I, would, I wouldn't be like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I worry about myself just having seen, you know, in very small non-comparable situations of like getting some level of money and like thinking like before thinking that would be enough. And then when you actually get there thinking like, Oh, that's not enough. You gotta have more than that. Like here's all the reasons why. And some, and not that there's nothing to that, but I already saw myself doing that. And I was like, Oh, is this, am I on the train here or what? I mean, unsurprisingly, we're not talking about numbers that would be like life ending wealth. We're not talking about a hundred million dollars. Right. Yeah. So, but so I think there is, there is a point where it's different, right? Where it's like, 
obviously you could live on this and your family and your gener- you have generational wealth if you stop right now right. and just put it in an index fund and don't ever look at it and it's fine right. like you'll you'll it's totally done you're done right. you know th- that's different than you're like well this is a lot of money from what i thought when i was 20 but also it's not quite as much as i need to yeah. do the things i want to do that's that's more that's the, different than 100 million dollars of course and that is more like in my world of like yeah like, oh, you hit certain milestones. It's like, oh, that's not as much as I used to think it was. And maybe that's partially because of inflation and partially because you're an adult and you sort of learn that. Um, I will say, so I have an acquaintance who is very wealthy. And she married wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, And she, she's wealthy enough that when she travels on a plane, she gets the, the option where you get the whole room to yourself on the plane, which I didn't know existed. I mean, that's not on most planes. No, it's only on the super expensive, really nice, like cross, you know, intercontinental but, stuff. But, but she that gets is, that. But it's like a step below private jet. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's a, st- a step below private jet. But she has her own room. She essentially has a hotel room when she flies. I mean, it can't be every time. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical of this because I've yeah. gone on many luxury, like international jet flights, either from cross-country in the U.S. Or, or internationally, where I'm not sitting in that section, but I go past everything in the plane, and there's no private rooms. Right. You're not going on the nice, good planes, though. You're on the poor people planes. No, I am not. Like, <laughs> you're on, they're all the same planes. So you're saying these planes don't have coach? No, I'm sure they have coach, but I'm saying they have, like, there are planes that have, like, upstairs. You yeah, know, the 747s. I've been, been on fucking 747s. upstairs? Yes. Have you really, though? Yes, I have. Did, oh, you snuck up there for a second? No, I've been upstairs. Did you look at the rooms? There are no rooms. There is a whole secret society where people have rooms on their plane. <laughs> I am very skeptical of this story. Maybe it happened once on like a no, proto, on like a prototype no. plane. This is no, a this real is thing. Fucking bullshit. No, everyone does this. <laughs> <laughs> everyone does this. <laughs> um, look, I'm sure. I by know. By now, there are people who are writing into us on Twitter and Discord telling us if this is true or not, right? I mean, is, <laughs> so don't worry. It depends on how you define room, because I know, like, on some of the newer yeah. 777s and 747s, there's, like, the first class and business class have compartments where you lie down and they're kind of walled no, off. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about you have, like, a whole deal. <laughs> like, you have a sink? I think you may have a shower. <laughs> okay. Stuff like that. I don't know about the shower. I'm making yeah, that up. I don't think this is... It's a whole hotel room I just think, to you. It's like I a Motel 6 up in there. This woman may have flown on like some like Air Jordan's like premier jet one time and yeah. they have that. And Why would it be one time? Why couldn't she fly every time on that? I don't understand. Why, why, you, you, why that, have you decided she only okay, flies so she's once gonna, on there? Okay, so she's going to plan her schedule around when this jet is flying only. I mean... Maybe she only flies like the longer, you know, like most people, not most, a bunch of people who have, who have some level of wealth and they will only fly internationally if they can fly like business class or better, right? Or some, yeah. some first class are better and some, some the room are better, <laughs> the hotel room. I am going to say the, the room does not room exist on a, on, it does not exist on very many planes. I'm going to be really upset if this doesn't exist. I got to tell you, because I've been told this for a long time by a good friend of mine. She's a mutual acquaintance, but he knows her a lot better than I do. And he was telling me that this is how she does it. And I believed him the whole time. Either it's a game of telephone where he's misinterpreting nah, the normal lie down first class situation that's on nah, all of the international liners. Maybe. Because <laughs> I think that is a thing. Like, yeah, and I think of even uh, maybe on some of the like Middle Eastern airlines that are, that, uh, value luxury a little bit more. Maybe they have the the wall goes all the way to the ceiling instead of like on United and shit. It's like the wall goes like, you know five feet high. So you're 
people can't right. like look at they, you, but it doesn't go to the ceiling. So maybe that's the difference, but it's the same so. amount of space and no. you're just in a lie down. I got the impression it was really not like that and that it was an actual how four, do you think there's, four walls. So how do you think space. there's room for a room where other people walk past it and stuff? If you pay enough money, there's room for everything. No, but the physically on the plane. I think what you're doing is you're you're trying to just fight for your own status. Here. I'm not I'm not I'm just not gonna fucking just <laughs> accept that you say this thing that nobody's ever fucking heard of before. Like it's I a never, fact. I had never heard of it before or since, except from this one source. <laughs> I will acknowledge. But that tells have you, you ever seen it? You flown? You used to fly to London like a lot. Yeah, I did. I flew to London all the time. Um, but I was flying like, on British Airways. I mean, oh yeah, on. British Airways. Yeah, they don't have first class. They don't have nice yeah. things. No, they they did. Um, it's a secret society. Of course, you don't hear about it. It's like the pentaverate. The plane is a finite amount of space, <laughs> and you walk through the whole thing for the most part. No, when there's an upstairs, who goes upstairs? No one. You're not allowed I've, up there. <laughs> I've been up upstairs. There. Yeah, I know. You you like fucking Oliver twisted your way up there. <laughs> <laughs> but they found you at some point and sent you and your, your coal laden hands back down to coach. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think you know what you're talking about here. Well, I guess we'll find out. Well, by like I said, by now it's all over the Discord. It's all over Twitter. So we'll be able to look and see. You know what I mean? By yeah. the time this comes out and people are hearing us say these words, someone's probably already responded in so my, by the way, we're not going to Google this. I'm letting the no world chance. come to the world is no coming to me. No chance we're googling this. There's no <laughs> chance we're googling this. There's, there's a black box on this. It's, I never even thought to challenge the idea of the room in the sky. I will admit, I was like, because I was like, wow, that is that's the level of rich. I've never, I wasn't really aware existed. That's like different. How about I didn't even know those things were real. Uh, that's crazy, you know. And that's I just believed it because I'm the kind of guy who believes in the tooth fairy. And, and I think Claus. so. I think there is a game of telephone happening here. Well, maybe maybe you yeah. heard room in the sky. And what they actually meant by room in the sky was it's a lie down bed where the, the floor to ceiling door no, no, no. thing. My friend, you, you think you can friend, get up and walk around. My friend thinks you can get up and walk around. The one who told me about it for sure. He thinks that. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know if it's my friend, Ron. I don't know who, you know, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Um, I don't know if it's what she was reporting to him, but that's what that's. So maybe it's the game of telephone and that's what he's reporting to me. But that is absolutely what he thinks is going on. He thinks it's a hotel room in the sky. He's passed it on to me. I have been brought into this cult of the... There's a secret society of rich people running the world from their hotel rooms in the, okay, in, in so, the air. Okay, so when you're envisioning this room in the sky, <laughs> are you envi- Like, what, what amenities are in uh, here? Oh, I'll tell you like, exactly. What's the oh, size? Oh, no, no, no. What's the size and what's in there? Okay, first of all, Okay, the size is not that big, right? Like I said, it's like a Motel 6. So it's like... It's like a Motel 6? <laughs> it's I like mean, wider than the plane? <laughs> yeah, no, not the whole thing. Just the room, the one room. Yeah, I know. But the room in the Motel 6 is probably like... <laughs> it's like long. Four, it's it's like, long. Okay, it's not it's a, wide. It's long. No, I figure it's something like, you know... F- I'm just making these numbers up right now. Really, five by ten or something like that is that. That's 50 square feet. That's not much of a room. But okay. For a plane, that's pretty good. Come on. You can't have like a couch and a bed in there. Tell you that much. You can have a bed though. Yeah. You can probably have a bed that's also a couch. You know, one thing, which is both. Sure. That's, you have that. You obviously have a really nice bathrobe. You know what you got? You got all the soaps that you can steal <laughs> and all the little, the little, um, can you get up and walk sh- around shampoos? in here? A little bit. A little bit. It's like, it's like being in prison, <laughs> right? They also take you out to the, the rich people's yard where you can actually do an hour all of right. exercise, so- of course. So in this world, that this exists. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, this would cost more than normal first class. Oh yeah. So yeah. and and like international first class is very expensive, right? It's I don't know. Yeah, it's like tens of thousands of dollars usually. Tens of thousands. Uh, that doesn't. Sound it's like right. eight eight thousand plus, and it can get much higher. When I flew to England, 
In 2001. In 2001, <laughs> uh, international first class from New York to England was uh, $3,000, I think. Yeah, but that's like the shortest international flight you can take over the ocean. Yeah. And when I flew to Australia in 2016, I'm going to say, maybe it was 2014, uh, business class was 3000 I think. Okay, business class and first class. I know. Very I'm, just, I'm just trying to give us context yeah. here. So you're saying you think first class would be more than three times... I, I would what, say what that was? if we looked up right now, which we're not going to do, no, that's this, for this, the internet to come to us with. No, that's just about the room in the sky. Yeah, we could look up first class no, prices on no. British Airways or United we're or not something doing that. to get from LA to London. Yeah, like what do you think what, it would be? I would have guessed um, it would be like maybe six thousand dollars. I think you, we, think, it, you think it's you said tens of thousands, so that's like at least twenty k. You think? I'm going to United.com There's right now. There's no way it's twenty fucking k to fly. From I don't think LA. it's twenty k. I don't think it's twenty k. So, but I think. Okay. I think I think it can be over ten thousand. Is what I was really meaning to you say. You know, if, I mean, flight stuff has gone crazy with the prices lately, as 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 everything. Maybe it could have possibly touched ten thousand. You think? But you, when you said tens of thousands, you're implying like not ten thousand, but more. I mean, that was kind like, of a misspeaking when I said okay. tens of thousands. That, to be fair. Okay. Um, let's so see. You just got to call him out on these things. Otherwise, he'll never back down. All right. So we're, talk, we're talking light. round trip prices, right? Of course. All right. Cool. I mean, uh, is this going to take a long time? I, it I, might take I a little bit. I can't do it. I can't we, do we it. We can do it. So, okay. But under this circle, let's say right now, let's just use 6000 as a stand-in, although I don't believe sure. it to be correct. Okay. Um, how much would the room in the sky cost if first class was 6000 Ah, uh, 25 30 Okay. I'm just making that so up. So why not just get a private jet at How that How much point? does a private jet cost? I don't know. See? <laughs> so what if, I, if a private jet costs 80 then the room in the sky is a lot cheaper? I don't think it's that much. But. I don't know. I had heard that the room in the sky from back in the day was 20 But maybe this was all just... It can't be a prank. <laughs> it can't be a prank? <laughs> it can't be a prank on me. Because no one does that. No one prank me. They know that's a bad move. Why would they want, not want to prank you? Because if you prank me, I fucking prank back so hard, I ruin your life. I prank you by like, oh, I made it look like you were cheating and now your wife left you forever. Ha ha, you got pranked. <laughs> you know, that's my move. So you don't want to prank me. Like you, you, you make me think like you pulled your finger off for a second and I'm like, I'll have your children hate you forever. You have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in the revenge prank business, and I uh, I come hard. I go hard is what I mean to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you did it. You did it, man. Damn it! I feel like this may not the people. This may be played at my trial in the future. You know what I mean? And they'll be like, "Is he of his right mind? And is he? Can we trust anything this guy either thinks or says based on?" They're just gonna play this. But that's okay. So, have you? Are you still looking for the first class price? You still can't. I'll tell you. It? I'll tell you this much. Okay. This is with a layover in in Denver. So from LA LAX to Heathrow on United, first class is not available. Business class is thirteen thousand dollars. What the hell? That's insane. You're you're looking at like? Did you find like the most expensive one? No, I just went to United and typed in like dates that are far enough away and everything. Okay, but like we could probably do a little better. Than All that. of the business class. Yeah, oh, I found one that was ninety three hundred for business class. Ha! But everything else is. I actually looked at flying business class from here, which is the west coast of the United States, to Australia. Sorry, to New Zealand, like recently, and it was seven thousand dollars. Just yeah. FYI, so that's business class, not first class, but still, 
just to give some more context. All right. Well, um, how much do you think first class is if business class is $13,000 sometimes? Um, well, on that flight, probably, I don't know, 18? I think it's probably more. Well, you don't know, do you? I don't. Because and we're we're really we got to shut this down. This is ridiculous. <laughs> we're just googling prices on United. I mean, I mean, it's pretty interesting stuff to me. <laughs> anyway, point being, in Monte no. Carlo, they don't care about this stuff, right? In Monte Carlo, they build they build planes with ha- which have Motel Sixes on them, just because they can, <laughs> right? Because things are that crazy. The rich are that wealthy, and they're upset about it. Because <laughs> they're like, they're like, I'm too I still rich. Have, I still don't have as much money as Bill Perkins, and I'm, I'm angry. I mean, I think they, a lot of them have more money than Bill Perkins. Of course they I do. Guess. No, no, of course they do. By like a lot. Bill Perkins just paid, uh, I think, fifteen million dollars for a piece of art at a, like a Christie's auction that uh, had been thought to go for a hundred and fifty thousand. He paid fifteen million. He got into a, a bidding war with one other Jesus. guy, and they just kept going. And the other guy said, "I'm not going to stop." And Bill Perkins said. Fine with me. I don't care. And they just kept going and going, and finally it stopped at 15. So the other guy lied then. I mean, eventually you have to stop. (laughs) He said, I'm not going to stop, though. Yeah. But I think at 3 million, he said he wasn't going to stop, and he pushed Bill Perkins to 15. So, All right. One final thing on the air. air Oh, okay. Uh, To your point, I found first class uh, on United from LA to JFK. So cross country, not international. I mean, that's. But it's more than the $4,000 range for first class for that. That I believe. Yeah. That I believe. First class, man. It's really expensive. Is for it that a much flight. better than business class? I don't know. I've only, I, I think I've only ever flown business class. I mean, on, on domestic flights, a lot of times business class and first class is the same thing. Of like course. they don't have business class, or they don't have first class, but whatever. I think they either. It doesn't matter. It's semantics. It is semantics, but I want to get it right because, okay. and I, I'm pretty sure that if you only have two classes, you call it first and coach. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't really know. But I don't really know either. I mean the the. The websites where you know, like Expedia or whatever, if you put in business or first and it's a domestic fight, it just gives you whatever yeah, yeah. the thing is. So it doesn't right. matter. Anyway, my God, we've got to stop talking about this. The travel show with Grant and Jonathan. Monte Carlo, man, it brings us brings it's it out. True. They got the twenty dollar bananas. They got the Bugattis everywhere. I know you're you're bringing out the Joe Ta- Stapleton greatest hits here. That's his favorite you? place for them to play because he gets to make his things are expensive in Monte Carlo jokes. Exactly. Yeah. And now you get to make those jokes too. Yeah. In a, a book that I'm sure many of you have read, the Maria Konnikova book. Mm. Uh, the Biggest Bluff? Yeah, that's what it was. She talks about going to Monte Carlo with Eric Seidel and how there's a town right across the border in France that you can get to just by walking where everything is normal prices. So mm. you could like pay 20 bucks for a cup of coffee in Monte Carlo or walk you know, a mile and pay $3 for the cup of huh. coffee, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. But I guess a lot of it, like you said, is a status thing. Like I, I want to be in Monte Carlo as I buy my Starbucks and pay more for it. I mean, also, you know, like, you may not feel like you always want to walk 20 minutes just to get a $3 yeah. to save $17. By the right. way, it's 20 minutes each way. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I could see where you're like, yeah, $17 or, you know, no, yeah, 40 true. minutes of walking. It's true. It's true. But if you get to bigger stuff, like, you know, going to a nice restaurant, then it might make a big difference. You also, know? you don't have to walk. You could, like, Uber there yeah. and back probably and save money anyway. Maybe not, actually. I don't really know. Anyway, let's talk about this hand. All right. Let's talk about these rich guys. Sam Greenwood, Mustafa Kanet, and this other guy. What's the other guy's name? Fabian Mott. Mott! Mott! <laughs> it's like uh, the end of Star Trek yeah. to the search for Spock. Yeah. It's no, the Wrath, Wrath of, of Khan. Khan. Excuse me. I mean, he says Khan. How do you call it the search for Spock? Mott! <laughs> like that. And then, of course, also Star Trek to 
Into Darkness, which is yeah. just called Star Trek Into Darkness, where they say, Mott, again, but the other character does it. They this always, time Spock does it. They it's always like say Mott. Whoever it is, they say Mott. Someone dies, and then they always come back. Yep. And Khan always kills them. But yep. they always come back, so no one cares. Benny Cumbie, betch. That's right. Yeah. In his best role since Doctor Strange. <laughs> sure. Okay, let's talk about these guys. Let's do it. All right. Sam Greenwood is good. Mustafa Canada is good. What else is there to say about these guys? Um, they're both really good. They're both very successful. We know this. They both play high rollers. They are among the elite players. Yep. And then there's Fabian Mott, who I have his handed in front of me. He's mostly playing 1K type buy-in, sometimes a 2, the occasional 10, which I don't know if he's, you know, satelliting in, but also $300 buy-in. So he's in that general area. He's playing a lot. He's cashing a lot, so I assume he's playing a lot as well. Either that or he has a super high cash rate. Seems unlikely. Yeah. Just because no one does. Also, there's another reason, which we'll get to. Yep. Um, anyway, this hand was suggested by Chris Jones. Hey, say it. Say the thing. Nah, it's too, it's, okay. it's too much. Can't do that. Can't do it, Chris Jones. Not every time. Yeah, okay. So, you know, get over yourself, Chris Jones. Yeah, really. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing at this point. <laughs> anyway, on, on Discord, Chris Jones did a great job suggesting this hand and many others that we'll probably do. Um, suggest hands on Discord. There's a link in the description. You can also do it on Twitter. We are the Poker Guys on Twitter. Forever. Forever until Twitter gets shut down, you know, which could happen wow. at any point. Who knows? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Everything's political, Grant. Oh, yeah, that was political now. <laughs> Everything's political according to you. Like, oh, look, that bug is green. Oh, wow. You're in the bug is green side of things, huh? You just said Twitter's going to get shut down. That's not political at all. I mean, it wasn't political. <laughs> I know. It seems to be in turmoil at this point. That's all I'm saying. Is that political? Uh, maybe a little. I don't know. It seems like an ob- objective observation. How is it in turmoil? There's someone's trying. Someone's buying it. Why is that turmoil? I mean, it seems to have unearthed some problems within Twitter as well. It doesn't matter. We're not going to yep. get into that. Don't uh, want to um, walk down that political path. <laughs> so political of <laughs> anyway. you to say. Uh, anyway, that's where you can suggest things. Let's get to this one. Okay. 159 get paid in this thing. There's 252 remaining out of the 1,073 entries. Yeah, 700 and some odd. Uh, Unique players. Unique players. That's yeah. right, because it was a re-entry event. So it's probably not going to be that long until the money, not like a day, but it's, you know, hours away, I would say, at this um, point. Yeah, something like that, hours. Uh, so, you know, that might be on your mind a little bit. Like, tournament life is a little bit more valuable now than it used to be, and certainly more valuable than after the bubble bursts, but we're not really in bubble mode yet. I don't think we should be worried too much about that. Yep. I mean, you don't want to just call it off super light just because, but... There's still real opportunities to, like, you know, win some big-ass pots. Yo. Right. And crucially, at this stage of tournaments like this, and this is something that I've observed in the bigger tournaments that I've played at the World Series and other other stuff like that, is, um, like, around this point, when there's, you know, say, so there's, like, 10% of the field between you and the bubble, mm-hmm. right? That's when a lot of players will start to act bubbly. Exactly. It's a time that you can really start taking advantage, even well before the bubble is really approaching. I know. I, I actually remember playing in a tournament. This is, like, four years ago now, five years ago. And it wasn't, in my, for me, it wasn't a big tournament. And that's not trying to be a dick here. It was, like, a $300 buy-in or something like that. And I was playing against a kid who was on my left. And we were, like, in a similar stage of the tournament, right? We yeah. were, like... It wasn't 100 players because wasn't, there weren't 1,000 to start with, but it was, you know, 10% still to go. We were a solid, like, two hours away or hour away or something like that, probably from the, from the money, mm-hmm. money bubble. And, uh, and he was on my left, and he was good. And so I was like, oh, as we get closer to this, he's going to start to put a little more pressure on me, all that. And then I noticed just, like, he wasn't doing that. In fact, he was barely playing any hands at mm-hmm. all. And at some point, he just unsolicited, like, reached over to me and said something about how, like, 
the money's coming up and like, and I was like, oh my God, he's like folding now because the money's coming yeah. up. This is unbelievable. And he told me, this is amazing. What you know? a deal. Yeah. And so. And he was I, good. I mean, I thought he was, but I had to maybe readjust just, my, my thoughts on Maybe that. he just had the right look and he knew how to put the chips in the pot and stuff. He could also talk about hands in a relatively, you know, smart way and yeah. stuff. Um, however, that's only part of being good. Yeah. Right? Like, you can do all that, and if you're going to play, you know, suboptimally, significantly suboptimally for a long time, that means you're not as good, right? Like, yeah. Period. So, yeah, there was that going on with him. I can picture him right now. Right. If you can hit every, every three-pointer in practice but never in the game, then what's the point? Yep. Or you're only going to take – you can hit you can hit all the open threes, but you only take bad shots. Right? Yeah. Like, you, you, know, you take covered threes, like, so? Yeah. Cool. You have the skill set, but don't, it don't matter. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So, yeah, that's the stage we're in. I don't think any of these players are going to be scared. Mott, probably just because he's kind of older, gives me the vibe that he's got a lot of money. And we know <laughs> we know that Greenwood and Kennett are not going to be fretting over oh this God. 5K Euro bubble. They play no. much bigger than this. First place is nearly a million dollars, uh, 939,000 Euro. But come on. That's so far away that no one can really seriously be thinking too much about that. No one should be ever, that should not be working their way into anyone's mind here, no. except to be playing for that and, as opposed to playing for the min cash. Which I'm sure Greenwood and Kennett are. Of course. Mm-hmm. All right, we're at 1K, 2K. Greenwood's under the gun with 108K. So he's got 54 bigs. Okay. He's going to open to 4,500 with Ace of Hearts, Queen of Clubs. Sure. Folds to Fabian Mott, who has the same stack in the small blind. Cool. With King 10 of Hearts. What is your approach here? I think this is actually already kind of an interesting spot. I agree. He opened under the gun, right? Yeah, and it's Sam fucking Greenwood. I'm just folding. Because it's Sam Greenwood or because he's under the gun? More because he's under the gun than because it's Sam Greenwood. But it's a little bit of both. But, but mostly just under the gun opens. We have 50-some-odd blinds. I'm just folding King Ten of Hearts in the, in the small blind, the worst possible position. I'm just folding that. What if it was a Mizraki? Oh, wow. That's a great question. If it's Michael Mizraki, I'd probably have to call. Assuming he's opening the percentage, the frequencies. I mean, that I'm he's, if he's still opening Jack Eight off under right. the gun, which he probably then we, is, then we we should just call. Yeah. Um, but assuming Sam Greenwood is playing anything reasonable at all from his under the gun, which I would guess he is with yeah. Mustafa in the big blind, especially. Right. Like I don't know why we would call this hand. Like uh, sure we can make a hand with it, but you can do it with any two cards. Like I don't want to play this hand out of position. Let me ask it a line. different way. Yeah. You're in that three hundred dollar tournament instead. You're fifty four blinds effective. You're clearly the best player at the table. Yeah. Change your change your opinion. Out of the small Sam Greenwood, Sam Greenwood is not the guy opening. No, no, it's, it's just, just some one of those players. You don't know anything about them, but they're in that field. I mostly fold. Yeah? I'm mostly folding. They're still under the gun. I'm still in the small blind. It's just king 10. It's not even like an ace high flush draw potentially. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to get paid when you make your flush. And th- when they make the flush also, they generally have a better flush than me. And like, you know, like... I just don't need to be involved there. Is like, this the board? If I'm on the button, I might call much more. I'm probably calling on the button. I think a you're lot. definitely calling on the button. Um, of course, in the big blind, I'm calling. This is this is the worst possible position. I'm, I think I'm just folding. Is this the borderline hand then? Because King Jack, are you King, King Jack, Jack suited? suited feels really hard to fold. Yeah, yeah. King Nine suited is an easy fold, of course. So yeah. yeah, I guess it is. I guess it's the borderline right there. So it's not absurd to call. Nope. But maybe if it's Sam Greenwood and your Fabian Mott, it is. Yeah. Again, like if it's Sam Greenwood, if he's. Um, if I can be on the button instead, I'd be much more interested in calling, mm-hmm. for sure. I get so much more value by calling on the button than on, from the small blind, right? Yep. And, you know, overall, my expected value is so much higher. Yep. Do you think it's worth considering a three bet? I mean, no. He opened under the gun. Yeah. What are we doing? Right. Like, also, 
a three bet wins us chips sometimes, but like it feels like we're almost effectively, we could just take any king and do this almost. Not yeah. exactly the same, of course. It tends a, a slight blocker, but come on. I don't know why we would, I think we should just fold. What do okay. you think? I like, I, I, I'm more okay with playing out of the small blind than you are yeah. as a non aggressor. So I'm okay with calling here at 54 blinds effective. Um, if Kenneth was had a shove stack, which he sh- sort of does actually, he's got 54K in the big blind. He could 54? Def- yeah. Oh, 54K, yeah. He could definitely shove. He's got how many blinds is that? Twenty six. Yeah, he could shove. Twenty seven. Yeah. I mean, it's unlikely he's going to do that very often against a Greenwood under the gun open, unless Greenwood's opening constantly. Right. And I guess like that's fine. We lose two blinds in that case. It's yeah. Not a, it's not a huge deal. That is true. Also, it's it's um, we're not putting in that much. Like it's thirty five hundred. We're putting in two blinds basically to to see if still. I just feel like this is a trouble hand. King ten even suited. Uh, we're rarely going to make the flush or the straight, and everything else is potentially problematic down the road. You know, I guess we could make top two and feel really good about it. I mean, it, against like, Greenwood's range, King Jack is a similarly trouble hand. It is. But, it is. But you wouldn't fold that one. I would never fold King Queen, and I think I wouldn't fold King Jack suited either. Yeah. I think I would just probably feel obligated. If we were on the, if we were right on the money bubble, I'd, I'd fold King Jack suited for yeah. sure in the small blind. But no, right here, I don't think I would. Yeah. You know, just be like, this hand's just a little too good. I think it's like I would just do a mental coin flip. I could I could call or I could fold here. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm more okay with playing as the non-aggressor out of the small blind than you are, um, which I don't know if that's correct. I know depending on the era of poker, there's been a lot of different theory on that. And sure. who knows if prevailing theory is air quotes correct, you know? It's, I think it's okay to call from the small blind from later opens besides under the gun. Of course, we might be through betting more too, but basically just playing this hand versus not. Like, yeah. Uh, is something we can do against some of the some of the field here, but like doing it doing it against the early position guys just feels like feels like a losing money play. Maybe it isn't, but it feels like it. Well, I think also if if I am Mott, I am going to try to play as few pots against Greenwood as possible. Mm. So that's part of I, that leans me towards a fold. And especially if you're going to play, wouldn't you want to be in position as much as possible? Right, and you're going to be out of position to him and Kenneth, by the way, who's, who's almost always going to at least call. He's coming along so much more yeah. when we call. He's coming along a lot, anyway, but he's coming on way more. It's like potentially call. the two best players left in the 250-player field directly on our left. That's pretty unlucky. But we don't have to play against them in the small blind with a marginal Exactly. Hand. And now we get to be out of position to both of them with this marginal hand. Yeah. Why do that? What a bad draw for Mott, by the way. Yeah. You got Kenna on your left and Greenwood on his left. It's not like we're playing a 50K high roller here. We're just in a 5K. That is Super really unlucky. unlucky. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, Mott does call with King 10 of hearts. Kenna's in the big blind with ace four of clubs. What a deal. I mean, he calls. A lot of players will be tempted to squeeze here. What do you think about that notion? Um, I think it's okay to squeeze here. At the same point, because Greenwood opened under the gun, I would be reluctant to. Yeah. Again, unless Greenwood is opening constantly, then absolutely we should attack. Although I'm a little worried about what Mott's calling range is, but eh, he only called two blinds and he's the old guy. I assume it's fine. Yeah. I assume we're getting that through most of the time. We still have an ace. We're, we're probably, you know, we're at least 30% when called against Mott, right? Yeah. Like always, if not, if not significantly better. Uh, I think it's not crazy to squeeze here, as long, but, but I would mostly not do it because of the under-the-gun nature of the open. If you mm-hmm. open in middle position and we have this spot, I think this is something we could squeeze much more of the time. Mm-hmm. I also would prefer to squeeze ace-4 off. Ace-4 of clubs plays a lot better post-flop. We, can, we have a lot more check raises on the flop that we can generate fold equity with. That's true. That's true. So Kenneth does call. Seems out fine. of his 54K stack. Yeah. Pot is now $15,500. 
But who cares about that? It's nitro betting time, baby. It's time to nitro bet your way home. All the way in the sky, in your, in your hotel room in the sky. See, that sounded off the cuff, but that was copy that nitro betting made <laughs> us use. Yeah. And you're actually not allowed to say it as the listener. You, you're allowed to listen to Jonathan <laughs> say it. But, I mean, you can say it. it it's, a, it's a free world in the sense that we can pretend there aren't any laws and that they're not going to come after you with the lawyers. But you know they're going to come after you with the oh, lawyers yeah. if you say it. I don't care if it's you in, in the bathroom by yourself. They'll know. <laughs> they've, got, they've got listening devices yeah. everywhere. You think that phone of yours doesn't have a microphone? You idiot. <laughs> yeah. Point being, Nitro Betting knows everything, including how to make you feel very happy with its great deals and its wonderful website. You know, mm-hmm. It used to be Nitrogen Sports. Now it's Nitro Betting. It's a new website. You have to sign up again. Even if you already signed up for Nitrogen Sports using our link, you got to use the new link that's in the description of this podcast to sign up for Nitro Betting and get all of the great deals that are associated with the poker guy's lifestyle. It's true. You get the hats, you get the sunglasses, you get the pants. We're a lifestyle brand. We got rooms in the sky, baby, on planes. You get the candles, you get the bathrobes, you get the shoes. (laughs) You get the monthly tournament. Get the monthly tournament, and sometimes you get other stuff, too. Yeah, March Madness brackets, which, by the way, they're yeah. turning everything into March Madness over at Nitro Betting. They love the idea of the bracket, because who doesn't? So right. they're going to bracketize everything. Ah, oh, I it's, love it. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be like the way AI accidentally takes over the world, where it's like, must turn into bracket. <laughs> <laughs> that is what kills everyone yeah. in the end. We know this, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's we've the, read that article. The bracket technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need uh, more room for brackets. Must kill all humans to create space yeah. for brackets. Yeah. yeah. How many humans must I kill to make the next bracket? I must make a bracket to figure out the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly that. So you should endorse this. It's wonderful for you. Nitro betting. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's where love blossoms. It's where fear is drowned. It's where (laughs) poems are born. Mm. The birds, they they sound a little sweeter. The air smells a little crisper, you know? Can air smell crisp? Sure, it can. Have you been to Iceland? Yes, it can. Okay. I've not. Yeah, well... Do yourself a favor, kid. Let me let me hit that let me hit that slogan one more time. Nitro betting. It's the great hotel room in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And nobody would ever dispute that, obviously. That's why they decided to go with that, because it's like, let's make the slogan something <laughs> that everybody will understand <laughs> right away. And nobody is gonna say that's incorrect. It's just it's like just do it for Nike, but it's yeah. their version of that. Yeah. Yeah. They spent a lot of money on it with the ad. The, oh, the focus grouping, they almost created a focus group AI that destroyed the world, but they <laughs> swept that one under the rug. Luckily, that was a close one, you know? Yeah. It was, that was a close one. Yeah. The, originally, the, the slogan was nitro betting. It's better than paint. Yeah. And I was like, they presented it to us, and you were there. I was like, who's the ad wizard who came up with this one? Well, the thing was, the AI, this is the problem with AI autonomous systems, is like, yeah. it was like, my number one goal is to create something unimpeachably true. Right. And so the focus groups that the AI was doing, which it then created its own AIs to do focus groups <laughs> with, yeah. were all saying like, oh, yes, it is better than paint. And so like, it was like, oh, this is obviously the winner. Yeah. But they, so they had to adjust the dials you know, a little yep, bit. Yep. And they did, they did. And they came up with this gem. Yeah. Instead. Think about the hotel room in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which is simply brilliant. All right. Speaking of Simply Brilliant, let's talk about these elite players and what they're going to do on the flop. Okay. And Fabian Mott. All what right. is the flop, Grant? It's, uh, it's 10 of clubs, 9 of clubs, 10 of diamonds. Holy cannolis from Mustafa Kanet and uh, Fabian Mott here. Sam Greenwood sitting there just with the ace-queen. It's like, eh, 
What's the point of life? Which is how Sam Greenwood talks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Candid's flopped the nut flush draw. Fabian Mata's flopped the second best trips with King 10. 15,500 in the pot. What should everybody's intention be on this flop? What a cool question. Okay. If you're Fabian Mott, obviously we would... Okay, I was going to say obviously we would check here. I think we're supposed to check because we're checking to Sam Greenwood's under the gun range, which is probably going to bet his over pairs at least some of the time. Is he? Against both blinds when the board's paired and there's a ton of... Like, is he going to bet... He's, you wouldn't expect him to bet his bluffs ever on this board because there's too many continues for his opponents, right? I mean, look, I don't think he's only betting value if he's betting. I'm sure he's betting some bluffs if he's betting at all. Maybe like King Jack as, and Queen King Jack. Queen. Yeah, hands King like Jack. That. Um, maybe th- things like Ace King with the Ace of Clubs where he's got two back doors and the overs, stuff like that. Um, I don't think he's betting this board very often. But I see a lot of times where I think that, oh, this is a board that they're going to check, and they often bet the flop and check the turn on boards like this. They bet tiny on the flop, and then they check the turn a lot. I agree with you. This seems like not a good board to be betting if I'm Sam Greenwood and under the gun because it hits both guys so clearly and strongly. Let me me ask you. If you're in your $300 tournament and you're in Sam Greenwood's position, check, check, two red aces. Two red aces. Hmm. I'm checking sometimes, I'm betting sometimes, is the truth. I'm, I'm, it's not a pure yeah. strategy, I think. Um, I think I'm checking more than I'm betting because there's two opponents, yep. and they both rate to have a 10 sometimes. But it is a drawy board, and I don't want to just give them free cards either. Are you so. calling a check raise? Depends on the player. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough because there's combo draws and, and then just pure flush draws and straight draws that might decide to be like, oh, I have 10s in my range, and the under-the-gun player is a lot fewer, so I'm going to yeah. check raise. I mean, some players, I'm, I'm hoping they check raise, right, so that we put a lot of money in and they don't have it a lot. Yeah. Other players, I'm probably bet folding. Um, if I'm not sure what I'm doing, I'm more apt to just check. If I'm like, this is going to be really hard to figure out what to do against two opponents specifically, I'm, I'm much more apt to check. Yeah. So, I mean, this is all kind of making me think, maybe Mott should consider leading. Right. Like if, if you know Greenwood's going to bet his overpairs, at least that helps a little bit with the check. But then are we going to check raise? Do we expect to get called by the overpairs? I don't even know if we should check raise. Yeah. Like ace-10 ain't folding. Pocket nines ain't folding. I don't... If we're Mott specifically, is Sam Greenwood calling a check raise from Mott? I've seen that guy. He doesn't look... He, look, he looks like the kind of guy who's always going to have it. That doesn't mean he is the kind of guy. Yeah. Right. But he sure has the look of it. So... That's a reason to also lead. <laughs> Although leading is strong, too, if you're Mott, specifically, right? But you could at least lead Queen Jack sometimes and clubs sometimes also, right? Maybe Mott's like, if you're Sam Greenwood, you're like, does he have, ace, does he have a nine and he's leading because he's afraid it's going to check through? That wouldn't be insane to, to lead a nine either, right? Yeah. If, if we think we can lead trip tens just to protect our equity. Um, at least when we get called when we have trip tens, we're always ahead. Almost always. No. I don't think always, but we're, we're mostly ahead. But when we get called when we lead a nine, we're almost always behind. Well, the thing is, depending on how we size it, we can be called by King Queen, King Jack, Queen Jack. A little bit, yeah, but there's also all the overpairs. Uh, of course there are. Yeah. Yeah. And Greenwood's under the gun. Yep. I don't know. I, I kind of like leading this hand three ways in this spot. It's not horrible. You figure you, it just gets taken down a lot, but that's okay. Yeah. It's a wet board, at least. I would never consider leading King, King, Nine, to be clear, if I were Mott. That's a very different scenario. Oh, okay, because now we're... Because the kicker situation, right? Yeah, and it's Greenwood has all of the kings in his range that we have. That's what, yeah, better kings, yeah. too. Like, yeah, o- only better kings, actually, really. And he's not going to be as afraid of the board from his opponent's perspective. Like, the, the 10 hits the blind ranges more. 
than the king. Meaning he's going to be more up to bat yeah. on the king-king. Yeah, that's true. Like, Mustafa has some kings, but, um, like, it's really about Moss range, right? Because Mustafa's got a pretty wide calling yeah. range from the big blind anyway. Um, I, yeah, like, the, the only kings that are in there, unless Fabian's calling, like, king six suited and stuff like that, are, like, king jack, king queen, and maybe king ten suited, right? Yeah. Those are the only ones. I, I, I assume he doesn't have things like ace-king in his small blind calling range from under the gun, but maybe I'm wrong. But let's assume he doesn't. Um, Elite is interesting and not and can't be terrible. It's got to be at least fine. Yeah. Checking is, I think, also fine. Yeah. What about Canit? Right. Because Mott checks. Should Canit consider leading with the, the flush draw and the ability to represent all of the tens in the deck? I kind of think Canit should be more apt to lead because Mott checked, which yeah. means Mott is going to probably lead some of his tens sometimes at least, right? You'd think. Um, I'd be kind of interested in leaning because also I'm not sure what our plan is if if we get a bet out of Greenwood. Let's say Greenwood bets, Mott folds. We know that wouldn't happen, but let's say Mott folds. Are we just check-raising this right away? We could do that. Now we're playing potentially a really big pot with this hand. Yeah. And we're Mustafa Canet, which means he's less likely to fold his over pairs, right? Right. So, but we still would want to check-raise because we want to fold that hands like ace-king, ace-queen, ace-jack. Mm-hmm. And other things, like we have the worst ace we can pretty much have here. So, And we could also fold that equity and king-queen and stuff like that, too, by checkers. And so there's some value in it. But now we're playing a big pot, and it may not work. Yep. If we lead, okay, we're going to get raised a little bit, but very rarely are we going to get raised. If we get raised, that means we're usually in pretty bad shape against that hand anyway. Well, yeah, I mean... Greenwood can have King Jack of Clubs and King Queen of Clubs and Queen Jack of yeah, Clubs. Yeah, which we're in pretty good shape against. We're, in, we're pretty yeah. happy there. But obviously, Pocket Nines is Pocket Nines might raise right away on this yeah. board specifically. Ace right? Ten might raise right away. It we're, might. We're not in great shape against it. Ace Ten. Right. Um, so, <clears throat> but maybe trying to think through the whole hand. If we just check call on the flop as Mustafa, what are we hoping happens on the turn? Let's say we don't get there and Sam bets big. We have to fold. Yeah. We do get there. It's going to check through anyway, and it's going to be hard to get value. Yeah. So we're getting one tiny street on the flop with when we make the nuts sometimes. Like, I want to... And with no fold equity, it doesn't seem great. I want to lead. I want to bet. I, I want to bet more than Mott, even than Mott. I want to bet as I think as I agree. Mustafa. I think I agree. But Mustafa does not. Yeah. He, he checks, which is the standard line. Of with course it is. Of course it is. But it's, it's interesting. And Greenwood, of course, checks with ace-queen because... What all, the fuck? All the reasons. Yeah, there's nothing nothing doing. So I do think either Mott or Canet could have bet, and it would have been totally reasonable with their hands. I agree. I agree. And I, yeah, like we said, I, I like Canet betting. Uh, Mott has less to worry about yeah. right, than Canet does. Obviously, Canet can make a monster, but Mott's already there. Mott, Mott's always been there, man. That's the thing you don't know about Fabian Mott, <laughs> that he's always been there. And of course, Mott is out of position to everyone, meaning Canet gets some data from Mott, which Mott doesn't have right. when, he, when he checks, at least. All right, the turn is the three of spades. Yes, nothing changes. Sam Greenwood is now drawing dead in the hand. Um, ten of clubs, nine of clubs, ten of diamonds, three of spades. Mott has king, ten of hearts. Canet has ace, four of clubs. Greenwood has ace, queen, off with the queen of clubs, but that's not really too useful right now. All right, here's where Fabian Mott maybe should bet, right? Yeah, I don't know why we wouldn't bet now. He doesn't. He doesn't bet. So he's not betting... I mean, there could be lots of reasons, but I'm just going to say he's not betting because he's afraid if he bets, the hand's just over a lot. 
He wants an overcard to come for his opponents to catch up. And he wants to give them a chance to bluff at it also. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like anyone has anything. Although, of course... Kanek could easily have something. Kanek can have a good hand here, right? Yeah. So that's the guy you're really trying to get value out of. You wouldn't expect to get any value out of Greenwood when we bet into two players after checks through on this board, right? To be fair to Mott, if Kanek had a weaker 10, which is the majority of his 10s, obviously, he will bet the turn. So we will... A, yeah. bet, a bet will go in if we are cooler in Canet right now. By the way, if if both us and Canet check and Greenwood's got jacks, he'll bet then. He's yeah. going to bet also. So, so there is value. Of course, those hands are going to get. We're going to get value if we bet from those hands also. Anyway, right? Right. Value goes in either way with those hands on the turn. So it's really just about giving our opponents a chance to bluff, and it's also about us making sure we maximize value when we're out of position against two good players, right? Yeah. So I don't know what's... Is it better to bet and try and value bet here? We can see there would be some value to be had. Um, or is it better to check and let these two great players, like, be fancy? I think I want to bet. And I, I think yeah. part of it is to set my price. I want to charge... Like, Kenneth's hand is a perfect example. I want to charge that hand in an uncomfortable amount at the same point as getting the maximum value out of the overpairs that Greenwood might have and the tens and nines that Kenneth might have. Yeah. Right? Like, because I think if, if we can bet pretty big here, it's 15-5 in the pot, we can bet like 9 or 10K. Oh, yeah. And I think Ken, we would bet at least Kenneth's probably going to call with a 9. He's definitely going to call with a 10. And Greenwood's going to call with an overpair if Kenneth folds. Right. Yeah. And we're, and it puts a lot of pressure on Kenneth's draws, which of which there are many available on this board, and we don't know what we're trying to avoid. So I'd I'd like to start you know putting some pressure on those hands. Greenwood might call with an overpair if Kenneth calls. True. You know, it's not like an auto fold there. Right. Yeah, I think betting is is my preferred course of action here. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, also, like I don't know if Mott is built this way, but like this is not a bad board for us to take a shot at as a bluff anyway. Yeah. Like, this is a pretty good board for us, right? As like, long as we have any equity at all, you know, maybe we can mitigate yeah. ourselves by not... When we have nothing at all, we can not. But if we have, like, Jack-7, we can take a shot. Yeah, King-Queen. Right. Like, we can absolutely bet. We should be betting King-Queen, yeah. I think, even. And that's the kind of... King-Queen's the kind of... We don't. We can't really ever have Jack-7 as much. No, we but we can have King-Queen. Yeah. Especially King-Queen suited, but maybe even off as much. I'm not sure. Like, that's that's a good way to balance a little bit, right? That's a great hand to, to bluff with, and then King-10's a hand we can bet. Yeah. So Damn it. He checks. I like, I like betting better. What do you think about the 9K, 10K type bet? You like that as a monster? Oh, yeah. I think we could even bet at like 11. Yeah. 11, 12, whatever, something like that. I think we should size it up here. Well, he doesn't. He checks. Okay. And now it's on Mustafa, yeah. who still has the nut flush draw. You think you should bet? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you're Mustafa, you think like, I'm going to bet and the hand's going to end, right? Like right. Sometimes Greenwood has an overpair and the hand's not going to end then. Okay, sure. But like mostly, both like Mott doesn't have anything. Yeah. Mott checked again. Green, like everyone's checking when they have green lights, basically. So here's my green light. I'm not going to check. And I also have like reasonable equity here with the nut flush draw. And I could see how that sounds like, well, maybe Mott didn't mess up by checking because Kenneth's going to bet with his flush draws anyway, but he gets to choose the size now. Kenneth yeah. does. And like Mott also doesn't get to generate potentially bigger three-way pots by not being the better in some, in some cases. Uh, yeah. Also, like now you're letting Mustafa... Um, draw essentially with fold equity instead of he's got to pay to get there. It's a right. different, even though the chips may go in, it's a, there's a different, um, like the sequence matters here, right? There's no fold equity. If, if you make it 11,000, if Canet folds the ace X of clubs, which I don't think he's going to do, ace four of clubs here, but, no. he, but even if he does, like that's not a terrible outcome. No. So we lose all that. So we're essentially letting him free roll the shot. Right. And he gets to choose his size, which is 6,500. We could have bet a lot bigger than that as much. Yeah, we would have. Do you think Kenneth should have bet bigger? I don't think he needs to. Yeah. 
right? Like everyone's just going to fold most of the time. Yeah. And at this point, he's repping, you know, a nine or a 10. He could easily have either. He could have a nine or a 10. For sure, he could have a pocket pair, like, although he doesn't have very many of those, but he could have like pocket sevens in bet as he's well. Probably shoving those pre flop. Maybe not when Green was under the gun. Maybe not know. when Green was under the gun. You're right. Uh, so, yeah, there's just, there's just, I don't know. I don't, like, Mott needs to bet more because he's got two guys and, yeah. and we don't know what's up with Canet, really. But Canet feels like, it feels like no one has anything, mostly. And he can size up on the river if he wants, if Greenwood calls with an overpair, yeah. if, if he wants to. He may give up. I don't know. Hey, speaking of Greenwood, he does call. What do you think what? about that? He's got ace queen off on this board and Mott's behind him. That is very surprising to me. Yeah. He does not believe Mustafa at all. I mean, Mustafa is a live wire. Jeez. But, I mean, we, having a queen is not great here. We block some of Mustafa's most obvious bluffs. Yeah, we also have the queen of clubs, which is yep. a sort of a horrible card to have. Yeah. Um, okay, Mott being behind us doesn't feel like that big a deal because we assume Mott's folding, like yes. always, right? So, but so we, now but it's we just can't us. know that for sure. Of course not, but, but it's very reasonable to think Mott is not going to overcall here. In like a that. game of thin margins, we should, we should think of that as a factor in the hand, though. I mean, what's the best hand we would assume as Greenwood Mott has here? It's really hard to say. I right. don't know. It is. It is pocket eights. Well, it looks like he could have a lot of things. Turns out he can have very strong hands, too. But I think it's, I think it's reasonable to think, like, well, if I was going to check back this flop if we were heads up, and I was going to call this turn if we were heads up, I can call here. I think that's not crazy. Okay, We're but getting should, a pretty good price, too. All right, even if it were heads up, should you call with this hand? I think it's fine to call with this hand once. It's not great. The, queen, like, of clubs. the queen of Clubs is so bad. Yeah. It just feels like you're giving it away to Mustafa, though, right? Maybe we wouldn't have checked the flop so often if it were heads up, though. Maybe. Maybe he thinks, like, okay, normally I would have bet the flop and Mustafa's just going to fold a lot, and I don't, but now I've opened the door and Mott doesn't have anything. So it's like we're, I've set up this weird bluff catching situation against Mustafa. Of course, one of the problems is Mustafa's got the heart to bluff the river. Yes, he does. And we can't call again, no. can we? I guess we can. I guess we can. We're Sam Greenwood. Of course we can. It's a $5,500 tournament. We can. Maybe. But geez, that is an ambitious plan when we just don't have to do any of it, right? I mean, if we're using distribution to make this decision, it feels like this hand shouldn't land here because yeah. I would expect that Greenwood is checking back the majority of his overpairs in this three-way pot on this board, on the flop. So he has all of those combos that he can call with, along with some slow plays. Yep. I agree. I agree with you. And he might even be checking back like the king-queens of the world sometimes because it were three ways. And that's a hand he could call with much more reasonably yeah. than ace-queen here, right? Because he's got the gutter along with... Yeah, it's just ace-high, basically. Yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, Greenwood is just sort of in the, the blender. Of, you, you know, you've been in this situation a lot, right? Where you check, you're the gun guy, you're three ways, you check this kind of a flop, and then it goes check, the second guy, the big blind bets, and you're just like, we're just, I just hate to concede the pot here because yeah. I feel like he's just stealing from me. You right. know? And especially the kind of guys who do steal in those spots, you hate just folding. But but you mostly do, right? right. So it's, it is a little strange that Sam didn't. Yep. Well, here he is. He calls. In fact, it's more than a little strange. It's very surprising. He calls, and that's great for Mott. It's amazing for Mott. All right. So now is Mott. Should we raise or let's, should we just call? Let's ask this question. Okay, what are we hoping to happen if we raise? What kinds of good things can happen? Mustafa has a weaker 10. Yes. And, and then we assume we, he's we, calling. We avoid the scare card on the river and get max value. Right. Okay, that is really good. There are scare cards that will come that will kill our action yeah. if we don't raise. Mustafa can have a worse 10. Is Mustafa calling with a worse 10 against us? I don't know. I guess he could make a hero fold. He might. It yeah. looks pretty strong when we do this. Yeah. 
we're not really repping more than what we have, but we're kind of repping about what we have, right? Yeah. I mean, we could have pocket nines. Sure. No, we can have, yeah, but I'm saying the bottom end of our check raising range probably is something around King Jack 10. 10-ish, maybe. Yeah, maybe Jack 10. Maybe not. Yeah. Like, Mustafa can have Queen 10. Yeah. It's hard for him to have Ace-10. It's possible, but that's the only hand that's really a problem for us in terms of Mustafa. Yeah. And like, I guess he could have pocket threes, too. But like, right. Um, the thing is, we're not all that deep. Mustafa, specifically, is not all that deep, so we shouldn't be too worried about getting it in with him anyway. Like, if he's like, I'm all in, we're like, I call, whatever. Yeah. I, hope, I hope I'm not dead here, you know? I hope, maybe, I hope I don't have to root for a king. Yeah. Because um, Mustafa, of course, can have 10-9 also. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Uh, and it doesn't feel like very often at all we're going to get any more value out of Sam Greenwood. It doesn't feel like we're behind Greenwood ever. That's no. not something to concern We're us. beating Greenwood, and like however we play this, how are we going to get more chips out of Greenwood? Right. Because if we overcall, how can Greenwood call again with almost anything? I guess if you could have aces, he could call again. Right. I mean, it's kind of impossible, though, for us to get more value out of Greenwood, like you said. Like, let's say Sam Greenwood does have aces. Yeah. And we overcall here. And the river is an innocuous card. Yeah, it's a deuce of hearts. Are we just going to lead? No, let's say, no, I was thinking we check, and then if Mustafa were to bet again. Greenwood's folding when we've already overcalled. Yeah, now both of us could have a 10, yeah. right? Or something strong. Yeah. He's going to hate folding aces, but he's probably going to... We shouldn't worry about getting value out of Greenwood. Okay, so it's only Mustafa, and we're not afraid to get in with Mustafa and be behind because he only has 26 blinds to start the hand anyway, right? Our hand's too strong to worry about that. Yep. Okay, so is the best way to get value out of Mustafa to check raise here, or is it to uh, call and give him a chance? I guess we could lead or give him a chance to bluff. Leading, calling, Call leading seems really bad. Yeah. Like, now it's like, I have a 10 in case it wasn't clear. I have a really big hand. Yeah. The lead out of nowhere. So we shouldn't do that. It's really contingent upon what Mustafa's going to do with hands like Jack-10 and 10-8. And like, is he going to fold those hands sometimes if we check raise? Right. And beyond that, know. beyond that, what's he going to do with hands like he has? Like, he's probably going to fold them on the turn, but is he going to keep going on the river if, like, two players called him? Is he really going to bluff again on the river with, with a draw? But, I mean, he's missed? got ace four of clubs. Could he really, if we just call, is he really going to do that? It's, uh, it's you asking would, a lot. You wouldn't expect that. Yeah. I think it's hard in either direction because I don't. I think if Mustafa's sitting there, if if Fabian Ma is the guy who he looks like he is, and I don't know if he is, but um, if he's a tighter, more careful player, and he check raises here, I think we probably should fold Jack Ten. Jack Ten's beating nothing. Yeah. Right. Um, freaking Canet can have ten nine and all the and all the tens and stuff like that. And this guy's this old guy's check raising two of us anyway on the turn. It feels very strong. This is all really. I don't know if we can get value. This is all really an argument. Further for not leading the turn instead of, of taking this well line. Well said. Well said. It's just a lot easier to get value. Yep. So Mott ends up calling. I guess it's kind of the lesser of two evils. Uh, maybe it's the evil of two evils? The I, equal of two evils? It feels like it may be the equal. Like I feel like both are bad options. Yeah. Neither one is gonna is likely to get us more value in the future. We're going to need... What we really need is... Maybe this is the way we get the most value out of as Mustafa's trip tens, though. Like, if we, like, I wouldn't expect him necessarily to bluff a flush draw or a draw again three ways. Yeah. But if he's got Jack 10 and we both called, he is going to bet the river if we check to him, right? Like, yeah. Unless so, a club comes. Right. No, of course. Unless a bunch of cards come that yeah. are going to scare him off. Um, by the way, which also could cause us to lose. Yeah. The end. But still, this is, I think if we check raise, we're probably going to lose him because of who we are. If we were someone else, if we were, you know, Tom Dwan, we wouldn't lose him. But Mustafa Kanan may, may fold against us as Mott. So, but Jack 10 will feel obligated to, to bet the river, I think. I think it's just going to have to. Let me poke at the embers and see if I can get the fire started again here a little okay. bit. Okay. 
What about the idea of one of two options for the check raise? Either a min raise or an all-in. Do either of those appeal to you? And if not, which one is more appealing than the other? I don't think I like the all-in, again, because of... I'm doing this mostly based on the color of Mott's hair and the way he looks. I mean, yeah. To be clear, he's got, like, gray hair. He's, he's sort of what... He looks like a comfortable um, 60-year-old. Yeah. You know? Uh, those guys, when they check-raise all-in, if they're not idiots, which Mott is not. You know, he's not like a has-no-idea-what's-going-on right. kind of guy. Um, have it, like, so much. And it feels like now he's trying to shut out the draws... And if I was Mustafa, I would just know that he's not. Mott is unlikely to be doing this with a with a with Jack Ten, mm-hmm. even right. He's probably doing it better than Jack Ten. So I just feel like we don't get called much. So a min raise feels better. A min raise also strong. Of course, another problem with a min raise is the draws may stick around. Now the board's paired. Maybe they just fold. Yeah. Maybe they just throw it away because they don't want to deal. I don't know that either one does a lot of. Yeah, good. probably not. I just wanted to poke at yeah, it. Yeah, it was interesting. Anyway, he calls. Okay. Pot's thirty-five k. The okay. River, the river is the jack of spades. So that's not a club, but it is a connected card. Now we yep. have uh, 10 of clubs, 9 of clubs, 10 of diamonds, 3 of spades, jack of spades. So that could have made a full house for any of the players. Sam less so, but actually any of the players. Jack's full. Yep. For Jack's example. full. Actually, yeah. you're right. You're right. Um, so as Mott, we can't lead now, right? It's just not doable. Uh, I mean, we can lead fold. We can bet right, fold. but is that what's the best way to get value? I don't know. I mean, it feels like if Mustafa's got a good hand, he's going to bet it anyway. If if Mustafa has a ten, he'll probably bet again, right? Because we don't. It doesn't look like the other two players have tens that often, right now. Mott did overcall. Yeah, but he, then he has like, I mean, I guess Mott could have Jack ten suited yeah. specifically. There's how many how many combos of there? There's only one combo of Jack ten suited, mm. so that's pretty good. Yeah. So if Sam actually has a ten. There are no combos of Jack-10 suited. Actually, it depends which 10 he has. There's two 10s out there. Um, so if, if he has the 10 of hearts, then there's no combos of Jack-10 suited. When you said the same, I assume you meant Mustafa. I did. Yeah. Thank you. Um, People get those names confused a lot. <laughs> they, it's the syllables yeah. and the, the choreography of the letters. Yes, it's the letter choreography. <laughs> it's the room in the sky. <laughs> anyway, um, it just seems really... Like, if you... If as Mott, we suddenly bet out, uh, let's say that Mustafa's got Queen 10. That's about as good as it gets for Mustafa. Should probably consider folding. Like, right. This we, is what I'm saying. We look so strong. So it looks like Jack 10 just got there, right? Yeah. Like, or King Queen just got there. We're over-repping our hand, basically. Also, Sam is still behind us, and Sam may have Jacks. Yeah. Like, or, or a slow-paid monster. I guess he could have nines once in a while. Yeah. Um, Queen 10 doesn't look super great, and it's hard for us as Mustafa to have better than Queen 10. Mm-hmm. It's possible, of course, but very hard. We can have like 10-9. We can have 10-3 suited, yeah. but there's not much there yeah. for us. So all this to say, I'm not sure. I don't think a lead is going to get us what we want. No. I'd be very concerned. And I don't know that Sam Greenwood would call with even kings if we suddenly led. No, now. he shouldn't. Right. Like he can call with full houses, obviously, or put it in with the full houses. But otherwise, yeah. kings does not look good here. Kings is losing. Right. All diggity day. Yeah, Mott's in a position where I think he just has to check. And this all comes back to leading the turn being the superior play. Yep. Like, we could maybe lead this river. We we could maybe bet again on the river had we led the turn. We wouldn't have to, especially if called in both spots, although I believe that Greenwood would have folded had Mott led and Kenneth called. I'm sure he would have folded. So then you could probably bet again on the river. Yeah. Uh, No, you bet again on the river, and you're like, please don't raise, please don't raise. Yeah. 
please don't race. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, basically. So yeah, I think I think that that was the inflection point in the hand that it, it kind of uh, didn't allow Mott to drive the bus at all and made it hard to get value. Yep. And he does have the best hand here, so he checks. And I don't think there's anything you can do. Agree. Check. Agree. As Mustafa. Should we ever go for it as a bluff? We briefly touched on this when analyzing what Mott should do on the turn, thinking, like, would Mustafa ever bluff twice with the hand that he has? What are we trying to get to happen when we go for it? Okay, what are we trying to fold out is what I'm asking. Greenwood has Queen's Plus, and That's... Mott has a different misdraw. It's going to be really hard for Greenwood to call when we bet again. Yeah, right. I think we can get Greenwood to fold Queen's, Kings, or Aces. So that's a good start. The yeah. next thing we need is to get Mott to fold Queen, Jack, or King, Jack. That's what we'd be targeting. Yeah, and hope he doesn't have seven eight. Yep, or king queen, or king queen, or jack ten. Yeah, uh, or another or, ten as yeah. it turns out. Uh, that feels like kind of a parlay, kind of a big parlay to hit both of those, right? I think we're going to hit the greenwood one all the time. When he has no yeah. repair, he's definitely folding. Okay, uh, so that's that part's good. So then we might think to ourselves, Mott doesn't have that many super strong hands here. He can have king queen, but. Or 7-8. But he, it feels like he doesn't have very many 10s because wouldn't he just bet the 10 on the turn? Like You would think that, but what else do you put him on? Because you don't expect an overcall from a 9 unless Mott's no. just a sticky station. This is what I'm saying. Like, it's queen-jack, king-jack. That's what you're Right, targeting. so you have to get him to fold a jack specifically. Yes. Which is combinatorially diminished by the jack hitting versus the straights. Right. Right, versus the king-queens of the world, which yeah. feels like he really could have king-queen. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> But there are, there's only, there's what, 16 combos of king-queen, and there's, what, three times four, there's 24 combos of queen-jack and king-jack, total. Yeah. He can have those. There's also a seven-eight suited he might be able to have. We also don't know if he's actually calling king-jack on the turn when we bet, and there's a call. Yeah, he might just fold that. He might even fold king-queen-jack, but I doubt it. I don't think he's folding queen-jack. I don't, for 6,500, feels like too much. Well, then king-queen's probably not there if king-jack's not there, at least. That's a good point. That's good. So either they're both there or neither one's there. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. So maybe it's close, but we can get those things to fold. And I'm trying to think, is there anything else we could be targeting here? We don't really think he's ever got a nine, right? No. We don't think he's going to overcall a nine no. on the turn. So it's really just a jack is the only thing to attack here. And hope he doesn't have a slow play, which he does. Well, if he has a slow play, we're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. But the next factor is, do we have a hand that we should do that with? Right. We kind of don't. We <laughs> we block because we, we have clubs. We block the club draws. Yeah, we don't want to do that. We don't. Um, we don't block queen jack or king jack. At least we don't have a king or queen in our hand. That's good. And those are the things actually we're targeting. So it's not really about clubs in this case. I mean, it, we it would be nice if you had clubs. Sure, but it's it'd be nice not it'd be nice if you had clubs. That's a good point. Um, we probably, it's weird because it is about, it is about clubs. We just were focusing on the other thing. Too. No, no, no. Cause we're trying to, oh, you're right. Cause I was thinking about what are we trying to get yeah. to fold? The thing is, if he's got clubs, we win anyway, no matter what we do. Cause we have the ace high flush draw. Sure. But if he's got queen jack or king jack, we're but, losing. But we that's need to not, get those that's not fold. the conversation we're having. It's about yeah. that we block him having flush draws. It's not, right. so it doesn't matter which flush draw he has or we have. We just don't want there to be blocked flush. But draws. isn't that more of a reason to bluff? In this case, because the flush draw we're beating, so blocking the hand we're beating, we don't need to bluff that. But the hand that we're not blocking, which is king-jack and queen-jack, we do need to bluff. 
No, because we just want him. To, we want to have different hands to bluff with than this. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, you're you're missing the thread. You're like falling off of the cliff and and not grasping. I the understand thread. what you're saying. I'm just coming at it from a different angle and asking a different your question than is, we normally ask. Your angle is shitty. No, no. Be open to things instead of being like deep in your dog. I, you know that I am. I don't know anything. There's lots of evidence on this podcast <laughs> of me being open to things. See, when you say things like that, you're just very unlikable. <laughs> That's great. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying anyway, is, yeah. If we're going to have times where we bluff with this line, which is an extremely risky line against two players on this dynamic yeah. board where we got called on the turn in both spots. You want to have just two want to have. Error? We want to have... I want to have a nine. I think the, the best bluffs are a nine with nothing else to do with ah, the board. Now we're talking. Yeah. I like that. Because a nine blocks ten nine and a blind nine blocks nine nine. And it's basically never good against both players. Right. Okay. That's, that's a great point. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, I think it's kind of interesting to be in a spot, though, where you're like... If he has clubs, I win no matter what. So the things I would want to unblock, if I'm, if I'm going to bluff, actually are kings and queens, specifically. I think that is an interesting point also. I would, if we're talking about what kind of hands we want to bluff with, that's sort of interesting. It's good to not have a king or a queen. Yeah. I agree with that's that. That's all. But, but I agree with you that a nine is better than and all And it's that. bad to have clubs. It is right. simply just not... It's the problem not, is it's, it's hard to get here. I guess we could have bet a nine in the turn. Yeah, the nine. This is your point, right? And then suddenly everyone called, and you're like, oh, jeez, what Any is nine. up? And then the jack comes, yeah. and you're like, oh, I'm definitely no good now right. when the jack comes. Any nine. It doesn't matter which nine. We have all the nines in the world. We do. All of them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we don't do it with nine king or nine queen because of the bad blocking that way. Right. And we're like, we're probably going to have to lose this one. Yeah. But any other nine, we just turn that into a bluff. Mm-hmm. And that's probably enough bluffs for this line against this strength of of line from our opponents. Here's the other thing we need to ask ourselves. Is Mott going to fold the Jack anyway? Like this whole thing yeah. is to get Mott to fold the top pair. Is he? Will he? I don't know. Some oh. of those guys are very tight and some of them are very sticky and it depends on who he is. And that line of thinking, by the way, is flawed. It's like the 2015, 2014 style thinking of putting a guy in an exact hand and trying to play against it. You have to, you know, assume for some percentage of things on the other margins, like sometimes Mott's going to have a 10. Right. You know? Right, it's more, but, but we were asking sort of like, what are we even targeting if we were to bluff, yeah. right? And then the question is, should we? Yeah. So, the, so we, the targeting stuff is correct. That's what we're targeting. But the should be is still important. And yeah. I, uh, clearly, it's, it seems like this is probably a little too optimistic. Mm-hmm. But I can understand you're sitting there, the pot's big, no one's showing any strength except for you, really, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like Mott has a trip tens. No. It feels like he if, he, if we're losing to Mott, he's got a jack. It feels like Sam's got, like, kings or something like that. Sam can't really call if we bet. Mott with just a jack when we bet into everyone again may find a fold, too. I can, I can That's see the idea. The, I can see the temptation there. And, and the, sorry, it's, it's a well-thought-out thing there. Like, and I think Canada is the type of player who tries to find these little crevices. But I think he should probably mitigate combinatorially and not use clubs. Right, because maybe we can give Mott clubs sometimes. Yeah. So by the way, Sam can have clubs too. Yeah. Um, right, which would be great, mm-hmm. even though we think he's folding the overpair, so maybe that doesn't matter. But we certainly we get to eliminate jacks a little bit more if yeah. we don't have any clubs in our hand, which is nice. Um, hmm. Yeah, but Canet goes for it, and that's just the Canet way, you know? Yeah. He bets 21K. I'm, I am certain it would work against a Greenwood overpair. Feels very likely. It feels like it would. And the nice thing is he's giving himself enough of a price that this doesn't have to work very often. It has to work like, you know, 38% of the time for this to be, you know, a plus EV bet. Not so exactly. Good. Only from a chip EV perspective. I mean, I know we're not uh, worried about ICM, but Mustafa Kennett with 20 blinds is a lot different than Mustafa Kennett with 10 blinds. 
Will he be down to 10 blinds if he yeah. bets in? Oh, wow. That, you're right. That's a really big difference for him, especially. Yeah. That's a really good point. So it's a big risk. Right. But he sees that 35K in the middle, and he's like, I can get up to like freaking 33 30, blinds yeah. and like really be able to rock and roll here, right? You can see, what, you can see the, uh, the siren call of that. I can. The temptation. And if you had ever seen Mott just be a little too loose, a little too sticky in the past, be like, yeah, he probably does actually overcall a nine on the turn. That mm. makes this play a lot better automatically. Yep. I agree. And I mean, but we still have to believe that he's going to fold the jack. Otherwise, this is just throwing money into the abyss, right? Yep. And also, we have to have not seen a lot of evidence of him slow playing. Right, right. So we need a lot of things. Because he did overcall the freaking turn, right? Like, that's strong in itself. We kind of have forgotten that in this, that, like, Mott's action on the turn of just still being in the hand should signify pretty strong hands. I mean, it feels like he hit the jack, like, all day, though, doesn't it? Like, he usually isn't going to have trip tens here. I know he does, but he usually isn't going to. Like, a jack really makes sense for him to have. It does. So I get why he's going out. It seems like you are correct that Kenneth is targeting an overpair from Greenwood and a jack from Mott. That seems correct. And it... As long as we know that Mott is capable of folding a jack, then this is probably a good bet, is my thought. Maybe. Probably. I just wish we had a nine instead. I, I think a nine is better. I agree with you there. I think you made a really good point there and a good case for that. Yeah. Anyway, he does it. Greenwood folds ace-queen, obviously. Obviously. As Mott, would you consider folding here? No. No. It's Mustafa Cannon. We're always... We can't raise... There's no value to be had by raising. This is a clear call. Yep. That's what Mott does. Good. Mustafa Kanat does not cash in the tournament because, you know, of course he doesn't. I mean, that's, he's got 10 blinds now. Yeah. He's, he's screwed. <laughs> Greenwood actually doesn't cash in the tournament either. No. Mott finishes 32nd for $20,000. So I guess we know who the best player is. Yep. Mott all day. Apple juice. Apple time. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.